The Bible, a collection of 66 different books by around 40 different authors from many different backgrounds. There were kings and shepherds, soldiers, fishermen, doctors, poets and farmers. Some were young, some old, some rich, and some poor. And they wrote, each reflecting his own personality and style. From a wide variety of life circumstances. All the way from palace thrones and bedrooms. To the dungeons down in the palace basement. From seashores to mountaintops. And to the backsides of dry desert wastelands. In their books, the writers issued hundreds of specific future prophecies, all perfectly fulfilled or awaiting fulfillment. And they discuss every aspect of human life, hundreds of complicated and controversial topics. And yet, there is a unity and consistency of message in the Bible, from start to finish, that is nothing short of miraculous. Throughout history and today, millions of people around the globe call this book the Holy Bible, the very Word of God. It claims to be a self-revelation of the Supreme Being, the Creator Himself, stepping out of eternity into time and space to tell us and show us what He is like and to let us know His plan for our lives here on earth and in the hereafter. The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar is your chance to actually hear, discuss, and decide for yourself about this book, The Bible. Stay tuned, and at the very least, you'll hear the beauty, wisdom, romance, adventure, and intrigue of the world's greatest literature, the best-selling, most translated book of all history. But more importantly, God himself just might speak to your heart and change your life forever. Now, here's the host of The Bible Live, Sophie Dollar. Life can be so up and down. When you look back on a life, it's such a, a wonderful perspective to look back and see the hand of God and the adventure that life is, sometimes up, sometimes down, and always challenging, but thrilling and adventurous in the Lord. That's a perspective we have to capture as believers. When you're reading these books of history, like Kings and Samuel and Chronicles, when you're reading about different times and places, some way, shape, or form, we have to be able to put ourselves in the shoes of these individuals, of King David, of even Ezra now, who is the writer of the book of the Chronicles, what he's trying to accomplish as he lives his life out there in Israel with these people who have returned from 70 years exile in Babylon. You have to put yourself in their places to try to get a sense of their real experience. That's when the Bible really, really tends to come alive for us. We'll talk a little bit more about that tonight. We're going to go on into the time of the reign of King Solomon. We began with it in our reading in the last program. Tonight, the Queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon, and we'll read about that. But right now, let's go to our wisdom and worship segment, the book of the Psalms. God's living presence is our greatest joy. His radiant presence helps us to grow in strength and grace and glory. And when you think of the temple, remember now that we are the temple of God. Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! I long, yes, I faint with longing to enter the courts of the Lord. With my whole being, body and soul, I will shout joyfully to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home there, and the swallow builds her nest and raises her young at a place near your altar. O Lord Almighty, my King and my God, how happy are those who can live in your house, always singing your praises. Happy are those who are strong in the Lord, who set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. When they walk through the valley of weeping, it will become a place of refreshing springs, where pools of blessing collect after the rains. 
they will continue to grow stronger, and each of them will appear before God in Jerusalem. O Lord God Almighty, hear my prayer. Listen, O God of Israel. O God, look with favor upon the king, our protector. Have mercy on the one you have anointed. A single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. For the Lord God is our light and protector. He gives us grace and glory. No good thing will the Lord withhold from those who do what is right. O Lord Almighty, happy are those who trust in you. End of reading, Psalm 84. Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. We're going to pick up in chapter 9 of the book of 2 Chronicles. And of course, we've just got through reading in chapters 7 and 8 the building and the dedication of the temple under Solomon. A glorious, amazing time of worship and great lofty thoughts about God. The shame is, is that it didn't last long in Solomon's life. He walked away from God in the middle part of his life. He came back toward the end. That's the experience of life, these highs and lows at different periods, and yet we want to be as consistent as we can in following the Lord. Live out our commitment. Let's start in chapter 9 now with the visit of Queen of Sheba. 2 Chronicles 9.1 through 13.22. 2 Chronicles 9. When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's reputation, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. She arrived with a large group of attendants and a great caravan of camels loaded with spices, large quantities of gold, and precious jewels. When she met with Solomon, they talked about everything she had on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was too hard for him to explain to her. When the Queen of Sheba realized how wise Solomon was and when she saw the palace he had built, she was breathless. She was also amazed at the food on his tables, the organization of his officials and their splendid clothing, the cupbearers and their robes, and the burnt offerings Solomon made at the temple of the Lord. She exclaimed to the king, Everything I heard in my country about your achievements and wisdom is true. I didn't believe it until I arrived here and saw it with my own eyes. Truly, I have not heard the half of it. Your wisdom is far greater than what I was told. How happy these people must be. What a privilege for your officials to stand here day after day, listening to your wisdom. The Lord your God is great indeed. He delights in you and has placed you on the throne to rule for Him. Because God loves Israel so much and desires this kingdom to last forever, He has made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness. Then she gave the king a gift of 9,000 pounds of gold and great quantities of spices and precious jewels. Never before had there been spices as fine as those the Queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. When the crews of Hiram and Solomon brought gold from Ophir, they also brought rich cargoes of almug wood and precious jewels. The king used the almug wood to make steps for the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and to construct harps and lyres for the musicians. Never before had there been such beautiful instruments in Judah. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba whatever she asked for, gifts of greater value than the gifts she had given him. Then she and all her attendants left and returned to their own land. 
Each year, Solomon received about 25 tons of gold. This did not include the additional revenue he received from merchants and traders. All the kings of Arabia and the governors of the land also brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold, each containing over 15 pounds of gold. He also made 300 smaller shields of hammered gold, each containing about 7.5 pounds of gold. The king placed these shields in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a huge ivory throne and overlaid it with pure gold. The throne had six steps and there was a footstool of gold attached to it. On both sides of the seat were armrests with the figure of a lion standing on each side of the throne. Solomon made twelve other lion figures, one standing on each end of each of the six steps. No other throne in all the world could be compared with it. All of King Solomon's drinking cups were solid gold, as were all the utensils in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. They were not made of silver because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's day. The king had a fleet of trading ships manned by the sailors sent by Hiram. Once every three years the ships returned, loaded down with gold, silver, ivory, apes, and peacocks. So King Solomon became richer and wiser than any other king in all the earth. Kings from every nation came to visit him and to hear the wisdom God had given him. Year after year, everyone who came to visit brought him gifts of silver and gold, clothing, weapons, spices, horses, and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses and 12,000 horses. He stationed many of them in the chariot cities and some near him in Jerusalem. He ruled over all the kings from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines and the border of Egypt. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones and valuable cedar wood was as common as the sycamore wood that grows in the foothills of Judah. Solomon's horses were imported from Egypt and many other countries. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the record of Nathan the prophet and in the prophecy of Ahijah from Shiloh and also in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for forty years. When he died, he was buried in the city of his father David. Then his son Rehoboam became the next king. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 10 Rehoboam went to Shechem where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard of Solomon's death, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape King Solomon. The leaders of Israel sent for Jeroboam, and he and all Israel went together to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Come back in three days for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam went to discuss the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice, he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are good to the people and show them kindness and do your best to please them, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the elders and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and who were now his advisors. What is your advice? he asked them. How should I answer these people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young men replied, This is what you should tell those complainers. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. If you think he was hard on you, just wait and see what I'll be like. Yes, my father was harsh on you, but I'll be even harsher. 
My father used whips on you, but I'll use scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had requested. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to them, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisors. He told the people, My father was harsh on you, but I'll be even harsher. My father used whips on you, but I'll use scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people's demands. This turn of events was the will of God, for it fulfilled the prophecy of the Lord spoken to Jeroboam son of Nebat by the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had rejected their request, they shouted, Down with David and his dynasty! We have no share in Jesse's son. Let's go home, Israel. Look out for your own house, O David. So all Israel returned home. But Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adoniram, who was in charge of the labor force, to restore order, but the Israelites stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. The northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David to this day. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 11 When Rehoboam arrived at Jerusalem, he mobilized the armies of Judah and Benjamin, 180,000 select troops, to fight against the army of Israel and to restore the kingdom to himself. But the Lord said to Shemaiah, the man of God, Say to Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Judah, and to all the Israelites in Judah and Benjamin, This is what the Lord says. Do not fight against your relatives. Go back home, for what has happened is my doing. So they obeyed the message of the Lord and did not fight against Jeroboam. Rehoboam remained in Jerusalem and fortified various cities for the defense of Judah. He built up Bethlehem, Etam, Tekoa, Bethzur, Soko, Adullam, Gath, Marashah, Ziph, Adoraim, Lachish, Azekah, Zorah, Aijalon, and Hebron. These became the fortified cities of Judah and Benjamin. Rehoboam strengthened their defenses and stationed commanders in them. In each of them he stored supplies of food, olive oil, and wine. He also put shields and spears in these towns as a further safety measure. So only Judah and Benjamin remained under his control. But all the priests and Levites living among the northern tribes of Israel sided with Rehoboam. The Levites even abandoned their homes and property and moved to Judah and Jerusalem, because Jeroboam and his sons would not allow them to serve the Lord as priests. Jeroboam appointed his own priests to serve at the pagan shrines, where they worshipped the goat and calf idols he had made. From all over Israel, those who sincerely wanted to worship the Lord, the God of Israel, followed the Levites to Jerusalem, where they could offer sacrifices to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. This strengthened the kingdom of Judah, and for three years they supported Rehoboam, son of Solomon, and earnestly sought to obey the Lord as they had done during the reigns of David and Solomon. Rehoboam married his cousin Mahalath, the daughter of David's son Jeremoth, and of Abihail, the daughter of Eliab. Eliab was one of David's brothers, a son of Jesse. Mahalath had three sons, Jeush, Shemariah, and Zaham. Later, Rehoboam married another cousin, Maacah, the daughter of Absalom. Maacah gave birth to Abijah, Atai, Zizra, and Shalomith. Rehoboam loved Maacah more than any of his other wives and concubines. In all, he had 18 wives and 60 concubines and they gave birth to 28 sons and 60 daughters. 
Rehoboam made Maacah's son, Abijah, chief among the princes, making it clear that he would be the next king. Rehoboam also wisely gave responsibilities to his other sons and stationed them in the fortified cities throughout the land of Judah and Benjamin. He provided them with generous provisions and arranged for each of them to have several wives. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 12 but when Rehoboam was firmly established and strong, he abandoned the law of the Lord. And all Israel followed him in this sin. Because they were unfaithful to the Lord, King Shishak of Egypt attacked Jerusalem in the fifth year of King Rehoboam's reign. He came with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horsemen, and a countless army of foot soldiers, including Libyans, Sukites, and Ethiopians. Shishak conquered Judah's fortified cities and then advanced to attack Jerusalem. The prophet Shemaiah then met with Rehoboam and Judah's leaders, who had all fled to Jerusalem because of Shishak. Shemaiah told them, This is what the Lord says, You have abandoned me, so I am abandoning you to Shishak. The king and the leaders of Israel humbled themselves and said, The Lord is right in doing this to us. When the Lord saw their change of heart, he gave this message to Shemaiah. Since the people have humbled themselves, I will not completely destroy them, and will soon give them some relief. I will not use Shishak to pour out my anger on Jerusalem, but they will become his subjects so that they can learn how much better it is to serve me than to serve earthly rulers. So King Shishak of Egypt came to Jerusalem and took away all the treasures of the temple of the Lord and of the royal palace, including all of Solomon's gold shields. King Rehoboam later replaced them with bronze shields and entrusted them to the care of the captain of his bodyguard. Whenever the king went to the temple of the Lord, the guards would carry them along and then return them to the guard room. Because Rehoboam humbled himself, the Lord's anger was turned aside, and he did not destroy him completely. And there was still goodness in the land of Judah. King Rehoboam firmly established himself in Jerusalem and continued to rule. He was 41 years old when he became king, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city the Lord had chosen from among all the tribes of Israel as the place to honor his name. Rehoboam's mother was Naamah, a woman from Ammon. But he was an evil king, for he did not seek the Lord with all his heart. The rest of the events of Rehoboam's reign from beginning to end are recorded in the record of Shemaiah the prophet and in the record of Edo the seer which are part of the genealogical record. Rehoboam and Jeroboam were continually at war with each other. When Rehoboam died, he was buried in the city of David. Then his son Abijah became the next king. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Second Chronicles 13 Abijah began to rule over Judah in the 18th year of Jeroboam's reign in Israel. He reigned in Jerusalem three years. His mother was Maacah, a daughter of Uriel from Gibeah. Then war broke out between Abijah and Jeroboam. Judah, led by King Abijah, fielded 400,000 seasoned warriors, while Jeroboam mustered 800,000 courageous men from Israel. When the army of Judah arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, Abijah stood on Mount Zimaraim and shouted to Jeroboam and the Israelite army, Listen to me! Don't you realize that the Lord, the God of Israel, made an unbreakable covenant with David? giving him and his descendants the throne of Israel forever. Yet Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who was a mere servant of David's son Solomon, became a traitor to his master. 
Then a whole gang of scoundrels joined him, defying Solomon's son Rehoboam when he was young and inexperienced and could not stand up to them. Do you really think you can stand against the kingdom of the Lord that is led by the descendants of David? Your army is vast indeed, but with you are those gold calves that Jeroboam made as your gods. And you have chased away the priests of the Lord and the Levites and have appointed your own priests, just like the pagan nations. You let anyone become a priest these days. Whoever comes to be dedicated with a young bull and seven rams can become a priest of these so-called gods of yours. But as for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not abandoned him. Only the descendants of Aaron serve the Lord as priests, and the Levites alone may help them in their work. They present burnt offerings and fragrant incense to the Lord every morning and evening. They place the bread of the presence on the holy table, and they light the gold lampstand every evening. We are following the instructions of the Lord our God, but you have abandoned him. So you see, God is with us. He is our leader. His priests blow their trumpets and lead us into battle against you. Oh, people of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. Meanwhile, Jeroboam had secretly sent part of his army around behind the men of Judah to ambush them. When Judah realized that they were being attacked from the front and the rear, they cried out to the Lord for help. Then the priests blew the trumpets, and the men of Judah began to shout. At the sound of their battle cry, God defeated Jeroboam and the Israelite army, and routed them before Abijah and the army of Judah. The Israelite army fled from Judah, and God handed them over to Judah in defeat. Abijah and his army inflicted heavy losses on them. There were 500,000 casualties among Israel's finest troops that day. So Judah defeated Israel because they trusted in the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Abijah and his army pursued Jeroboam's troops and captured some of his towns, including Bethel, Jeshana, and Ephron, along with their surrounding villages. So Jeroboam of Israel never regained his power during Abijah's lifetime, and finally the Lord struck him down and he died. By contrast, Abijah of Judah grew more and more powerful. He married 14 wives and had 22 sons and 16 daughters. The rest of the events of Abijah's reign, including his words and deeds, are recorded in the commentary of Edo the prophet. End of reading, 2 Chronicles 9, 1-13, 22. You're listening to The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. In his early years now, when the Queen of Sheba comes to visit Solomon, it appears here that Solomon is still walking with God. He's still living out his commitment to God, and evidently there was a tremendous witness. The wisdom that he got from the Lord, his wealth, Solomon's whole life was characterized by wisdom, wealth, and then women. The many, many wives and concubines, that led to his downfall because it wasn't just the idea of the women, although that was a part of it as well, having so many wives 
Many of these were political marriages, even his first wife, the daughter of the Pharaoh of Egypt, a political marriage to create a union between the two nations. He would marry daughters from other people groups, from other nations. All of that was against God's instructions, and they led him and the nation into idolatry because these wives had to have their places to live, and then they would bring their gods and their little altars and their little chapel places, and it compromised the commitment of the king and then of Israel to the true and living God. At this point, though, Solomon is still walking with God, and the queen of Sheba is really astounded at the wealth, at the wisdom, and she even praises the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and of David. So there is a solid witness there. This was what God wanted Israel to be, a shining light, that would point other men and women, other nations, to the true and living God. Solomon lost that commitment, very sadly and tragically. It looks like Rehoboam, whatever wisdom Solomon had, Rehoboam was foolish, and that he ruled against the will of the people, something like our government might even be doing today in our own land, ruling against the clear will of the people, and then taxing and spending. Rehoboam continued the policy of overtaxing and oppressing the people to where it was just untenable. And that led to this division of the whole nation. There was a rebellion, and the nation was divided. Well, that's our reading from the book of 2 Chronicles. The ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, the forward, the backward. So much to learn. Those beautiful gold shields. 200 large shields of 15 pounds of solid gold and 300 smaller shields, 7.5 pounds of gold. Can you imagine the wealth of that and even translated to today's values? Wow. And yet it was gone just like that. Within just a short period after Solomon moved off the scene, Rehoboam and Jeroboam, they lost all of the wealth and all of that the good blessings that God had given and it can happen that fast can't it we just need to stay engaged in trusting and walking with God that's all there is to it the see you next time the Bible with Soapy Dollar Soapy Reads from the New Living Translation by Kindle House Publishers The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live, Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com. Now, don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.